Welcome to the audio podcast, the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online and our recently renovated sanctuary. Sunday morning service is in person at 11 a.m. and we are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. I pray this morning, God, that you would sense our sincerity, that you would know that we are here gathered not for our own selves, but so that we might honor you, that we might become the people you've called us to become. So this morning, God, in spite of my failing words, I pray that you would spark our imaginations, that you would enter deeper into our hearts, that you would touch our souls. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A year ago at, home, at homecoming, Reverend Dr. Paul Smith preached a sermon called The Fierce Urgency of Now, in which he called us to take seriously the pressing need to take risks, to address the prevailing problems of the moment to go beyond what he called the belt of the fishes and into the deep. I want to attempt to extend that call this morning in my own way. I want to ask if we are people of the shallows or of the depths. Sometimes Jesus does stuff and you kind of get why he was so off-putting to so many people. So in our story, he's, he's a carpenter, right? But in our gospel, he, he shows up and he's standing on the shore and he starts telling professional fishermen what to do. <laughs> he says, yeah, don't fish, don't fish here, go out there. Leave the shallows, go to the depths. Which is insane, right? Imagine if I came up to Matt and I was like, no, don't play the piano like this. You know, play it, play it like I do. Play it how I'm telling you to do it. It wouldn't be very well received, I don't think. Matt would be nice about it, but he wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> I appreciate you. But that's what Jesus does, right? And these guys who've been doing this work for generations, sustaining families and communities with their hard-won knowledge of fishing, they probably side-eyed each other a little bit, gave a subtle scoff, but said, okay, Let's try it and set out for the depths. They must have been desperate, I think, to heed the advice of this random guy on the shore. Because, right, imagine they'd been fishing in the same spot for their entire lives, never failing to make a catch. This was their trade, their expertise, but suddenly their knowledge was failing them. Patterns that had been so reliable were suddenly in disarray. The thing no longer works. And the implications start to dawn on them. Anxiety begins to creep in. Explanations are offered. Arguments ensue. Tempers run short. And in this vulnerable space, they are told to set out for dangerous waters and try something they've never tried before. And they could have just shut down. 
hearing this ridiculous suggestion from a presumed non-expert. They could have doubled down on what they believed that they knew, and no one would really blame them. It would have been an understandable reaction. They would have waved him off, and Jesus would have moved on to include someone else in this earth-shattering work that he was about to do. But they listen. For some reason, they listen, maybe out of desperation, maybe out of some small faith in this intriguing stranger. Whatever the case, they listen. And as a consequence, they experience a shift in their reality. Because there's a catch out there in those dangerous waters. Those uncharted territories, a catch so profound that their nets threaten to tear to pieces in their boat to capsize and cast them into the deep. As their nets strain and snap, so do their presumptions. In humility, they discover a new kind of knowledge. They realize that they've been taught the first lesson of fishing for people, which is that it's in the deep in the terrifying unknown and unsafety of experimentation and proximity to death, that the work of the gospel is done. The church, in many places and many iterations, has withdrawn into the comfort of the shallows. It's refused innovation, danger, and the depths, comfortable with just staying afloat. The church is anxious at the winnowing of the catch, concerned that what was so consistent is now waning to nothing, but it refuses to hear the voice of that stranger on the shore asking us to go to the deep waters, towards the unknown, where we risk something real for this gospel that we say we believe in. The church has thought that God is obligated to provide the catch if we ease out our boats into the water at all. The church has thought that the pews and plates should be filled if we just open the doors. The church has thought that we could be both comfortable and crowded, relevant without being radical, approaching our destiny without risking the depths. But this story is a living parable. Jesus is preparing the disciples for the reality and cost of the mission. God calls these ancestors into the depths and even beyond to give up everything and follow him into social alienation, political antagonism, and finally, death. So Jesus says, leave everything and follow me, commanding these folks who have supported their families with this work for generations to lose all security, everything known and follow the Christ. And so they leave to spread the gospel, to declare that the kingdom of God is at hand, that new creation is springing up in this moment in their very midst. They're both declaring the end of the world and living it out. And because of this, the lives of these fishermen shift radically from one kind of reality to an altogether different kind of reality. An old world passes away, a new one emerges, and they travel the world inviting everyone into this terrifying transformation. And Jesus never tells them to settle down, 
to go find a nice, comfortable armchair and sit for a while because the work is now done. He doesn't ever tell them to go back to the shallows. They die. Stephen is stoned. Paul is executed. John is exiled. The costs continue to be incurred. The danger of the depths is still with them because that is what it means to declare a new world full of justice and liberation in the face of an old world that clings to power and oppression with blood and bullets. The best of us die. The best of us take up our crosses with Christ, declaring a new world so profound and so contradictory to the present that we are crucified for it. Those are the depths. So now knowing these things, if Christ were to show up while you're numbly at work in the shallows, would you go to the depths? Would you follow beyond them? Because in spite of the real risk, the ultimate promise of the depths is not death, but life. Life more abundant and profound than we could ever imagine. We may die, but not finally. We may be plunged into the waters of baptism, but we come up again, transformed. We may be down in the depths, but that is only the way to something more real than this life. Something so much richer and full of vitality than the frames of our bodies could even hold. Because consider this. Who made the shallows empty? Who drove the fish away? That catch which was so consistent and reliable for so many years, who or what changed the pattern? I think Jesus did. These fishermen weren't doing anything wrong. They're fishing where they were supposed to, where they had learned to fish, but Jesus simply wanted them somewhere else, somewhere deeper. So he drove the fish away and forced the fishermen to adapt. Which means that we may see emptiness. We may see the fruitlessness of our labor. But the question is then posed to us with urgency. Will we adapt? Will we go out into the deep and cast our nets where they have never been cast before in faith? The scarcity of the catch doesn't signal the impotence of Jesus' lordship, but our failure to attend to the call. Because the catch is not in here, where it's warm and safe and comfortable. It's out there, where dark waters rock the boat, where we realize that the knowledge we believed we had means nothing where life will swarm and burst and break our expectations if we would but obey. These are the decisions our ancestors made, the apostles and our forebears at First Church. We are here because of their courage, and we are the inheritors of their spirit. I see this in the way that we've not just tacitly affirmed our queer and trans siblings, but have elevated and celebrated them through Queerly Beloved. And the way we heard about the possibility of prison abolition. And rather than shying away, we launched into a study of these radical new politics. And the way that we've decided that beyond simply being charitable to our homeless neighbors, keeping them at arm's length, 
We decided to be in real community with them. And the ways that you've invested in me, not the face of comfortable, traditional, mainline Protestantism. Got the tide today, but you can see right through that. <laughs> over and over, we choose the harder thing, the more dangerous thing, the deeper thing. But the question is worth asking, who are you in this study, this story this morning? We're all in the same boat, right? But are you a skeptic? filing your nails somewhere in the back of the boat, while the rest of us credulous disciples are looking stupidly over the side of the boat, nets in our hands, foolishly believing that God is going to honor our faith? Or are you there alongside us, heart beating in expectation, muscles tensed for the coming onslaught, possessed by a vision? If you are with us, we need y'all to give money. <laughs> This is one of the things. We need you to be present in worship. We need you speaking words of kindness to one another. We need you taking visitors and new members under your wing. We need you on committees and participating in ministries, and you are doing all of these things. God bless you. But the question is, how deep have you gone? Does your contribution feel like a risk? Do you subtly tremble at the possibility of a life so rich with meaning and purpose that it's terrifying? Of a catch so vast that our tools and technologies are torn to pieces? Or are you in the shallows where you've always been, practicing what's comfortable and familiar? Is this just a religion to you? Or is it radical possibility? It's your choice. Christ makes the call, and here we are, nets in our hands, regular folks, imperfect yet powerful, facing a cataclysmic call, confronted with a decision that will certainly change us and might just change the world. So who are you? Who are we this morning? A people of the shallows or of the depths? I believe the historic witness of this church is that we are people who choose the depths. That's what our forebears have done. That's how we arrived at this very moment. We are here because of their pioneering risks, their contention with the depths. But can we choose the depths again? Can we go further? Can we continue this tradition of courage and move into unfathomable depths? Because what mystery lies there? What beauty? What life? If we would only heed the call. We were made for such a time as this. To be fishers of people. To be witnesses to this apocalyptic gospel. To give the world a vision of love and liberation. So let's put out from the shallows and wander into those depths. There's a catch out there. If God's word is true, and I, for one, would rather die in those deep and dangerous waters following this hope, practicing this faith, than rot in the stagnant shallows. So let's give in to this hope together. Let's relent before the call. Let's set out into the unknown and see what God intends to do with our faith. Because whatever our fate, it's in God's hands. 
And there's nowhere we'd rather be. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you were fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options both in person and online Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live in the sanctuary, as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.